I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. <laughs> and and it's the certain Abbey, like that's all they want is that. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, all, these, all these nuns, like, this is beautiful water. <laughs> and then, then, then the, the monks are like, we will make beer for me. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's better that way. Okay. Is it six? I don't have a clock. Hang on. Is it six? It is. It's six o'clock. It is. Six o' one. It's six o' one. And since there still isn't an intro to play, I think I'll get to it by saying this episode is being streamed live on our YouTube channel as at Pack Filler Productions, as well as the one and only Podbean app. You can play along directly with us through comments or even call the show on the app. We are live every Monday evening at 6 p.m. Pacific time and, of course, available on all platforms that provide great podcasts. That sounds like a like what you'd hear before a public television show <laughs> by, a, by a virtuous grant. That's nice. By like Podbean. That. I like that. Yeah. Also, this episode brought to you episode brought to you by our friends at Gooder Sunglasses, home of the coolest styles ever, changing models and colors. And holy shit, there's a ton coming out. Speaking of which, I'll talk about that and them coming out here too. Fully polarized lenses, non-slip frames, so affordable you can buy around ten pair compared to the spendy douchebags. Head over to Gooder.com today to see the newest offerings. And finally, thanks to Giant Bicycles. Yep. That giant bicycles. All models for all riding styles and speeds. Hey, you want to be like Pat? <laughs> That's probably not a good endorsement. But ride life, ride giant. I love my TCR Advanced SL, and you will too. So, hey, everybody, let's do this. Last time I said SL, TCR Advanced Pro, and Carson had to correct me. Just an SL. Yeah, I can't afford the Pro, apparently. Hey, the Giro is entering a Tuesday rest day, which is kind of weird. Jackson was here. Now he isn't, which is kind of weird. Paul didn't feel very good on a bike ride, which is weird. And finally, Pat felt good on a bike ride, which is the final sign of the apocalypse. Hey, let's see who's with us. Welcome to another episode of the Pack Filler Podcast. I'm Pat Bulger, and it is a Monday it is 6 p.m., and as I mentioned in the intro to the intro, it must be time for a show. So as I, uh, let's see who's with us. As I mentioned before, he's now got two shots. He still rode through the second, and that means he's very likely not human. 
Mr. Paul Main. How are you, man? <laughs> Doing all right, thanks. Second of all, he's a college grad and he's currently unemployed, and that is just fine. It is time to ride. Let's welcome Jackson Bolger. How are you, dude? Yeah, you got it. And me, well, I'm the guy that does the taxes in the family, which means I finished them last night. I'm Pat Bolger, and I guess that's it. That's the intro. Jack's not here. Nobody's. We we've got two empty microphones here. I, I heard from Jack. Did you? Yeah, he left a message. I have to inspect one of his jobs. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's all we get from Jack. Yeah. Is that he uh, just wants personal shit done? Yeah. Did you tell him you would if he rode a bike? He left a message. Oh, fuck. Okay. Hey, everybody. The swag boxes are on the way. I still have the team boxes to mail. I just need to kind of explain this really quickly so everybody is on the same page here. The team boxes are uh, the other people who paid the 60 bucks for the whole year. But uh, those those boxes are going out with gooders, and you get to pick your gooders. So if you go to the f- the super secret Facebook page that all the the team members get to be a part of, you get to. I I posted a photo of all the glasses I have here, and I will send you out. You get to pick which pair you would like of of the ones we've got. It's a big, huge, wonderful uh, gift from our friends at Gooder Sunglasses. So you get to pick those out first come, first served. I am also including. This is a very special time. Um, July's box in this one because I was sitting here thinking to myself, Pat, self, do you want to pay shipping for two pocket packages? Number one, that was my selfish reason. My other reason was people are going to want their 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 roadie socks that I'm calling them, and they're going to want a a cool beer cozy. I this is, this is the, this the is, this yeah. No, I have the psych, the the roadie socks that are coming out that mm. that you you ever said that you they don't fit over your calf. Oh, oh, so, but uh, okay. but I have I have I have coolies, um, the cane coolies, the cozies that that are going out to everybody. And um, and these well, this is my Giro one, but the Tour de France ones are going out huh? in this box. And I figured people don't want to get a, a a a goodie box halfway through the tour when they could be sitting at their cafe at their at their at their dinner table drinking beer during the tour with with something that says Giro de not Giro de uh, Tour de Backfiller and I actually put spelled it D-U-H just because I thought that'd be funny I do have to confess something um, I spent a little time today um, getting these dialed in and I made my my Tour de France ones and for those of you not in the sublimation business which is hopefully everybody <laughs> you have to reverse everything because it's a mirror image basically you're printing you're printing a mirror image onto an object and did you do a uh, quick quiz? Does everybody know what the French flag backwards is? Uh, that would be red, white, blue. It's blue, white, red, blue, white, red. And I'm trying to think of the nationality. I think it's oh. the Netherlands. Yeah. Netherlands is, is horizontal. no, that's horizontal. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's not France. No. <laughs> so I made half of them today. And if you would like. A, a fuck up uh, can koozie, which actually is the wrong country. Uh, come and pick them up. I'll, I'll just give you one of those. They're, it's 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 a seven dollar value, and I will give it to you for free because I fucked up a good portion <laughs> of them. I'm sitting there pressing them, going, "Wow, I reversed everything, but the what are flag. you left handed? Yeah, I know, yeah. I'm an idiot. But those are coming out, and this box alone, everybody's worth fifty dollars uh, retail. So uh, so for those of you who are members and are trying to make sure you understand. 
the value and everything. I promise it's all coming your way. Hey, you guys, let's talk about who's been writing. First of all, who's been writing and how much have you been writing? Paul, do you want to go? You want yeah, to well, well, you know. How's I, your week been, Chief? Well, I was kind of disappointed because uh, Thursday I wanted to do that, that ride we talked about in the last podcast. Yeah. Uh, but I got my second shot on Wednesday, and I took the day off. And I, I felt okay. I worked around the yard, uh, felt tired, dehydrated. Might drink a lot. And by the end of the day, I was I was glad because I was I was exhausted. I went to bed at like eight thirty. Oh wow! Um, no headaches. No what everybody else seems to experience. But I was extremely tired. Friday I woke up. I just felt like like a hangover type. You know, that tired. So normal. Normal. <laughs> so I was comfortable with that. Uh, so yeah. uh, and then Saturday we did our ride. And at first, I felt pretty good. I woke up. I it felt normal. Um, it really hit me when when Jackson and I sprinted for the plaza sign. Yeah. After that, it's like I was done. Really? Yeah. That's when the lights went out. So I mean, you know, I felt fairly good and taking decent pulls and yeah, you know. Um, but we'll get into the gone. details of the Saturday ride. But yeah. uh, uh, Jackson, how was your ride week? I know how some of it was. Yeah, so last week I rode, I think, every day but two of the days. Um, and then uh, on our we did our long ride Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Um, and then I was able to get out again today uh, just for a little bit of a tester to see how uh, the new bike set is on the, uh, on the Portland roads. And, yeah, that's kind of all I've done so far. I'm trying to think what my ride week was. I did Wednesday. Oh, oh, God. Am I going to tell the Wednesday story? <laughs> um, hopefully nobody's eating. Um, I'll tell the Wednesday story, I guess. Uh, t- Tuesday, I didn't do anything. Right, Jay? We didn't do anything on Tuesday. No, we did the show last Tuesday. Uh, yep. Wednesday was the Wednesday night mountain bike race. I decided to do two laps. And unbeknownst to me, the people who put the course together just thought they'd fuck with anybody with a hardtail. Because it was, it was, um, I think it was about a seven and a half mile lap. Jackson, would you say about there? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, which doesn't sound like much, but on a mountain bike, it's a little longer and, um, it's race pace. And I did, I did two laps and, uh, the entire course, as I think I said it earlier that it was an experience in more technical riding than fitness. Um, and I know that there's a there's a combination of both. For those of you guys who are just saying "fuck you," mountain biking is fitness. Yes, it is. It is a, a, a fuck ton of fitness. You have to to be a good technical rider. You have to have a fitness base. But this one was a lot more. Just I don't know what they call them toenails or baby heads or whatever they are. They're just the rocks half sticking out of the ground and just randomly placed all over the place. Rock garden kind of a feel to it, and um, it was brutal. And I was bouncing all over the place on my hardtail mountain bike, and um, needless to say, I, I um, developed a little bit of a of a, um, a, a, a say it hemorrhoid issue from it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I share everything on this show. See what I do to you people. And um, needless to say, I was not in a good way uh, after that. It, it 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 I abused myself, and I'm still feeling the. The repercussions of it, rear percussions of it, put them to, and uh, but holy, not holy shit, because there was no holy shits involved. <laughs> it was not comfortable, and I I didn't realize how much, how important that area is, and um, so that was pretty brutal. And so Thursday, Jackson and I were talking about going and doing the, 
the the spirited ride and um i had it in my gut somewhere that there was going to be a crash i felt it for some reason and i was like going like a trembling in the force it, it, that disturbance in the force yeah. yes i felt it and it was weird and i was like going i don't it's just uh, 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 uh. and i don't want to pick on the guys on that ride but uh, you know i did a little bit the other day saying that there were varied uh, amounts of experience within that group and and that's fine um and i maybe need to lighten the fuck up and just go ride um, but i just felt that there was going to be a crash and so i looked at jackson and i said first of all I, I bummed my bum. And um, second of all, I don't think I have it in the tank. And third of all, I think there's going to be a crash tonight. And, you, and Jackson, you looked at me and said. Well, I said we don't screw with that type of stuff. Especially yeah. because when I, I talked to my girlfriend about it, she was like, that's so weird because I had that exact same feeling. And to me, that's like, if two people are feeling that, then it's a, it's a for sure no-go. And I don't think there was a crash. So in other words, if we would have gone, one of us would have caused it, probably, <laughs> basically. Or, or, or crashed. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So so maybe it's better. You know, we just, the butterfly effect went perfectly into, and, and everything was good there. Uh, so, the, and then this Saturday ride, uh, we had it in our minds to do this loop of the state championship course that we're training for and to get out there. It's, it's a little jaunt out there. The lap, uh, what'd you say the lap was mileage? 20, what was it? 27 miles or 27 miles per lap. And then it was a good distance. It was another 27 or eight to get out there Mm -hmm. and and back. So we did about 84, Mm -hmm. something like that. Um, and it was, it was, I thought, I don't know what, and and, and I, the more I talk to you guys, the more, actually, first of all, I want to ask Paul, what the hell were you thinking scheduling an eighty ride, eighty mile ride when you know you weren't feeling so hot in the oh, first place? The, the, you know, you got to do it any any time you can. It was an eighty degree day; it was perfect. It was. You know, I didn't know how. I, I like in the morning, I felt decent, but obviously towards the end, I didn't feel so good. So, yeah. and I had problems with the hamstring, which I. We had uh, Bike Fit Sam Bike with Fit us. Sam was with us, yeah. And he says, yeah, you you need to come see us at Tailwind, so I'm going to do that. What's going on? Because for well, those because the listener who doesn't know what's going on, usually in some of the longer distance stuff, you start to get a little twinge in your in your hamstring. So, yeah, 11 years ago, I had a, a really bad crash where I put an outrigger to keep from crashing, and oh, I tore my hamstring, and I tore it in several places, and my glute several like it looked like somebody took a big pen and just put dots with little bruises all over my left oh, butt cheek, cheek and then it bled so bad that that my foot turned purple it ran down it was purple running down my leg so it was a pretty bad one jesus um, and then because it was in the middle of it was early in the season you know i went i, I went to tailwinds and they did ultrasound and they did all kinds of things and i did a little bit of physical therapy but um, race race season was going forward, and I just oh, of course. went back into it. And there's, you know, ill effects of that is uh, you start using other muscle groups. Like my right leg works over. I have a huge dead spot on my left rotation. Wow! That my my right has to kind of like kick. So anyway, wow. Sam Sam says he's going to do something. Yeah. So I okay. I run like about. I'm going to guess 70% of what I should on my left leg when I ride. Wow. 
Okay. So. And is it's just a PT kind of an issue? Yeah, and then a... plus with my, I, I have no lateral strength. And so when I do yoga, any, you know, like, you know, tree pose or any, any poses where you have one leg, it's, you know, balance or anything yeah. like that. I'm, I, really? I don't have any, my hips uh, are weak. Um, so, yeah. We all work have on to that. do more shit. On yeah, the, especially when you get older. Bike, off the bike, don't Yeah. We? When you're younger, it's not, it. you know, but when you get older, it just starts. God damn it. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, Jackson, how's the new bike working out for 80 miles? I mean, you're what, your fifth, third, fifth ride on it to just suddenly go, well, I'm going to do 85 miles. What the hell? Punk. Yeah, it was, I, as I titled my Strava ride, it was what a way to uh, break in a new bike. But I think BMC really focused on trying to make an aero bike comfortable. Like I showed you the handlebars, they have a little bit of flex in them. So they take up yeah. the road, road vibration, which is really nice. Uh, the only kind of issue that I noticed was um, my saddle was really rubbing on me. The one that came with the bike, I was interested to try it out. Cause it was like, it was kind of like the one I have above me. Um, it's kind of flared out in the back. It's a bit of a short, shorter saddle, but um, just not the one I'm used to, not the one that I had always had on. So we changed it back. And other than that, it's a really comfortable bike. It's I'm very happy with it. And this, uh, I, he came up to me and he was like, it looks like it's pretty much dead on for fit wise. So yeah, cause I basically measured everything off of your current road bikes. I figured why mm -hmm. fix what isn't broken. How does 80 yeah. feet? How does 80 feel on the legs? You have, have you, this your longest ride of the year so far? Yeah, so I think I said when we passed 48 miles that it was my <laughs> longest ride since August. So it, I thought that I fared well for 80 miles. I was pretty happy with how my body reacted. So. I just want to say that I think I've always had this philosophy throughout my, my cycling career that there are certain days where you have, where it's like the just the stars align and, and you're just given like five tickets a year maybe where you feel really good right and and fucking saturday was my ticket day as the ride progressed i felt better and better and better and i'm sitting here just going oh shit i'm wasting my ticket <laughs> no offense to you guys but i'm wasting my ticket because Paul, you had your second shot in you, so that's probably why I felt better. Um, <laughs> Bike Fit Sam, who was with us, uh, was great to have him along with us. He, how do I say it? He drank a half a bottle of bourbon the night before. And the day before that, they rode over 100. Yeah, they rode over 100 the day before, yeah. too. Yeah, so the guy's just like. 40, what was it? He, he's just fucking with us, basically. Yeah. <laughs> So there's there's that, you know, okay, my ticket, yeah. Jackson had not done over 40 this year, um, and and Keith was with us. I haven't mentioned Keith very often. He's a pack filler team member who was with us, and he turned around at 25 in, and good thing he did because the zipper broke on his jersey, and it was kind of – he was flapping in the wind. It was, wasn't a good thing. Um, so I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, God, I'm feeling better and better and better, but maybe – Maybe I wasn't feeling good. Maybe just everybody else was feeling bad. No. <laughs> you, you, this you, is what goes through my fucking head anymore. <laughs> this is me. This is how my head works now. I don't. Th I just don't think I deserve to be fast. <laughs> it, no, it does. The universe doesn't <laughs> function like that. I'm sorry. But it, you little narcissist. Uh, <laughs> so. I'm just, no, yeah, I'm not thinking that you guys were there 
as a part of my performance, but I oh, just you have your good days. You have your I bad had a days. good day, but it wasn't. Was it really a good day, or was it just everybody else? It might have been. A bad day? Maybe you're. Maybe you're increasing and you're you're getting better, and you have even better days yet. Have you ever thought of that? I wanted that to be my good day. <laughs> well. <laughs> I would rather save that. Just You're save right. that on my way to be a good day. There we go. Yeah. There we go. They're going to be better days. They're yeah. going to be better days. Bob Roll one time said that somebody was interviewing about cycling, and he says it's just hard work and. You're always feeling crappy and stuff like that. Ninety-seven percent of the time, you're wondering why you do that, and three percent of the time, it's the best feeling in the world, the most yeah. euphoric in the world. And the guy goes, ninety-seven percent. Why would you do that? And he goes, because. The three percent. That That's 3%. what keeps it going. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So anyway, it, you know, to some, by the way, it was great having Bike Fit Sam with us. We're going to have him on here pretty soon because he's going to come and talk to us about his his Bike Fit stuff that he's doing and um, and and all the really cool stuff he's got going on. He's got his own website and everything. I mean, he's wow. like legit and shit. Yeah. So yeah, there we go. What's I, he doing hanging around with us? I don't know. Like <laughs> an idiot <laughs> riding off a hangover. Yeah, that's right. I could ride with you. I'll yeah. be really hungover. Yeah, exactly. I am seriously thinking, by the way, and I think I threw this out to you guys, but I didn't get much response back. So I'm going to throw it out to the audience because I don't think you guys think it's a good idea of scheduling some some. Uh, some spirited rides, um, like the like the the other local club. Mm-hmm. I'll 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 say their name. Can I? Should I say their name? Yeah, they, yeah. Because some people may want to try them. Team ODZ. Um, I, I don't know what ODZ stands for. Um, I uh, they they've been a team that's been around here for probably five, six, seven years. More longer than that. It, oh, longer than that. Yeah, because uh, Justin Palouse, we took over. Yeah, it's probably been six, seven. Okay. Yeah, maybe. So seven or at mm-hmm. least seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, a club full of a bunch a bunch of good people been putting on a spirited ride series on, on Thursdays, um, which meets every third. Well, like I said, Thursday at, at six o'clock and they do this. They, they've been doing the same loop currently, I think. And um, and you go, you sign a waiver and it's 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 not a race, but it's a fast fucking ride. And 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 I think they're great for doing it. And I think we need more of this in our community. And so. With the loss of our Tuesday night series, which we used to have called the Twilight Series, um, I was thinking to myself about maybe I should put together some some uh, ride series on Tuesdays. Now, I want to throw this to you guys first, and I want to throw it to the listeners also. How interesting would it be to do a series of rides that weren't all necessarily meet at this place, do this course? So what I'm saying is, Week one, it is a, a a circuit that Paul schemes that is evil and probably has mixed surfaces and some horrible climbs on it. Week two is a time trial where I set a Strava segment where you can do it any time on the day of that day. Week three is a DIY challenge where you have to find your own course and people who don't necessarily live in Spokane can do this do the race. Week four is a different course or stuff like that. So you split it up throughout the entire summer, meaning I don't have to necessarily organize a race, get licenses, not license permits and all that kind of stuff. But we, we have these all kinds of stuff going on throughout the entire year. It's just that Tuesday's the day you do it. That just popped into my head. This is the shit that sits in my head. This and obviously a very large inferiority complex. <laughs> Which you pointed out earlier. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm tying the two together. You know, I I suck. 
and here's an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's what I'm presenting. What do you guys think? I mean, it just because like when we were we were doing the Jackson, when you and I were doing the the bike towns in Bend, they have a Tuesday night worlds they call it, mm-hmm. and it is it is the same course, kind of like what our our local friends here are doing here. I thought, God, could we fix it, mix it up? Could we say even one week it's a gravel route, you know, and we have a, a GPS map that we send to people and they can go out and do the gravel route whenever they want. Or maybe I'm sta- I'm sitting there with a table and a timing pad in the middle of nowhere and I say, okay, between 6 and 7.30, I'm going to be the idiot sitting out there by myself and I'll time your lap. And I, what I would do is I would kind of like the, the Packfiller Classic last year, I would post the results. But if it's once a week, I could post the results instead of a five-day stage race like I did idiot mode last year. <laughs> I, I like it because maybe be, maybe it would be fun. So I want to hear from you guys first, and then I want to hear from the listeners as they listen to the show. Would that be something you'd be interested in? And I especially I know the people who don't live in Spokane who are going, fuck, what's the point? of me you know getting involved that's why we'd have the diys we'd have things like that that you could get involved in there i'm gonna shut up and i'm gonna let you guys answer yeah i i enjoy it i think it's you know giving more people non-registered competition um especially i've said it every single time we've had this type of conversation but uh especially in a time where things are kind of unpredictable becoming more predictable luckily um, yeah yeah, I, I, I like the idea, especially having, um, especially kind of coordinating with, on a Tuesday with, with the local area, uh, other races that are going on as well. So you get a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of spirited ride, racing ride, stuff like that. It, I, I like the idea and it gives more people the opportunity to race in it, uh, I think creates a cycling community in a time where sometimes there isn't necessarily the biggest of cycling communities specifically in the road community so yeah i i I like the idea anything for any sort of bike riding bike racing is always good by me note i didn't just say road because i was thinking of some and we're going to get into this as the show progresses some mixed surfaces some maybe some gravel stuff things like that i'm not going to put on mountain bike races that's not my format but uh you know go from there but uh even some time trials i think it'd be cool yeah well um bike fit sam I, several years ago was trying to get uh you know world championship series going on you know just like ben every city has yeah you know bigger city does i don't know i haven't talked to him about that it, it didn't work on my time but consistency of knowing like this um odz guys that every thursday at this point there is a bonus to that because everybody knows the course everybody you know Really? When you change the courses up, then people are like, do I take a left? Now, when you're competitive, you don't want to leave that open. Okay. I, I yeah. mean, for me, yeah. um, uh, you know, if you threw it in there once in a while, like, you know, around here, you could say a time trial from the Y at, you know, Course Brutal, mm-hmm. to, and then there'll be a mark on the road and back. You know, something that somebody's familiar sure. with, but there's still going to be people who haven't done it before, so... I think that's where all the communities, and just like when we had the breakfast ride, that was the same thing every Sunday. Really? And and that's the benefit. It is like, I don't feel like it. Or, you know, I want to do something fast today. And it's just show up, whoever wants to do it. It's You yeah. know it's going to be full gas. So and, and you get, you know the course and there's no question. 
you know, do I take a left here or right? Sure. You know, so. It, I, with, with the, the transformation of GPS, um, I also think that that's a, you know, that people can have it on their handlebars. Sorry, I don't mm -hmm. mean to bring the fact that you don't ride with a computer on your handlebars. You old fart. <laughs> Yeah, boy. Hey, you boys. Yeah, uh, but uh, but you know some people do can do that. Yeah, but I guess you don't want to be staring your your computer head while you're trying to be aware of what's been going on in a race. So yeah, I don't know. So I just these are the things that float around in my tiny little brain. Um, so we'll we'll go from that. We'll see what we'll see what happens. So maybe a same course, maybe not a same course, maybe or something like that. I don't want to. I just realized that I'm not I'm the guy who's going to have to be going out there and doing this probably every week and I don't necessarily know if I can hold myself accountable to be out there every week mm -hmm. to commit to June through August every Tuesday I'm going to be there. I can't say I'm going to do that. Hell, I'm traveling Jackson and I are traveling to uh to San Diego to the Belgian Waffle Ride and that's that's two Tuesdays we're going to miss right there, you know. So, I don't know, you know. And you are married. And I'm married, mm -hmm. and and she tends to like it when I'm home. Yep, you know, within a reasonable hour, you know, when the streetlights come on, <laughs> things like that. So there we go. That's a 28 minute intro. Hey, you guys, let's get to the Giro, the Giro d'Italia. I should have actually picked some uh, some Italian music to play in the background. Um, so we are at stage 10, and I am assuming everybody has done their homework and are up to speed on every stage. And I'm going to tell Jackson, did you watch today's stage? This is a I'm I'm looking at your face to see if you've watched today's stage. I watched it in my uh, bedroom while my girlfriend was in class today. He's he's perky. Mm -hmm. He's mm -hmm. perky because that, which means he officially knows the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what do you think? The dude? results. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how it finished, right? Your boy. Can you hear me and what? Can you hear me and everything? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Just wanted to make sure. What do you think of 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 your boy coming home, bringing well, it? I, uh, <laughs> he's I don't got, know if you noticed. He's got this Saga but, uh, shirt. I wore that very shirt yesterday. So not that one, but my, my, my well, version yeah. of that shirt. We share. We That'd share be creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> be but I, uh, I was pretty happy. And uh, he had quite the sprint coming off of the back of uh, the UAE rider today. So. That curve, that final turn. Where he went wide. I love, by the way, Bernie Eisel. Is it Bernie Eisel? Yeah. Who's doing the, the commentary on GCN. Yeah. He's talking about the, how the lay of the sprints and things like that. And he, he said right before that, what, the, the outside line is the fastest one on this. And Sagan went in close and then swung wide when he came out of that turn. He was hauling ass. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, and, go ahead, Jay. Oh yeah, you saw him lose the wheel of the UAE rider and yeah. then pick up that draft and then just fly around him. That was uh, made me giddy. It <laughs> was. It was. It was pretty impressive. And that was Gaviria, wasn't it? I mean, Gaviria couldn't come around. That yeah. was his teammate leading. Him oh, around. okay, okay. Oh my God, it was. It, I, I I was happy to see that. And I've got some questions about Peter Sagan as we get going here. So, how many points do we all have at this point, gentlemen? I will give you. Hopefully, you do. You guys have your riders in front of you. Yeah, I already 
You already know your points. Yeah. Well, I'll do this for the riders at home. Uh, first stage, Ghana, Affini, Foss. Second stage, I, my handwriting is horrible. Mirlier, Nizzolo, Viviani. Third stage, Vanderhorn, Kimalai. <laughs> my pronunciation is going to be terrible. Peter Sagan on third. Uh, fourth is Dombrowski, Demarchi, Fiorelli. Stage five, Caleb Ewan, Nizzolo, Viviani. Stage six, Madur, Bernal, and Dan Martin. Stage seven, Caleb Ewan, Kimo, uh, I have his name again. Chim- Chimolai? I'm going to go with that. Chimolai? Chimolai? Okay. And Merlier? 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 I'm sure he's okay with me destroying his name. Stage eight, Lafay, Gavazzi, and Arndt. Uh, stage nine, Bernal, Ciccone, and Lassov, stage 10, as of today, turn it off if you haven't seen it yet, Peter Sagan, Gaviria, and Chumalai. There he is again. I fucked up his name three, four, five times. The guy's been consistent as shit. Did, it, did anybody think to pick him? No. Fuck no. Did anybody know who he was before this? Let's be honest. Did yeah, I've him? heard of him. Yeah. yeah really? Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd, I'd heard the name. I just couldn't tell you what he looked like if he was in a police lineup. Uh, so... I believe I stated originally it was five points for first place in a stage, second place for two, two points for second place in a stage, one point for third in a stage. Overall, at the end, is going to get 40 points. Overall, sprint at the end is going to get 20 points. And overall, climber at the end is going to get 20 points. Um, so. Uh, they didn't get the full thing because we aren't even close. We're only at one week into the zero. I have two points. I have two goddamn points because I blew off Bernal because everybody was picking Bernal. And I wanted to be the guy who, who, who was a fan of the band that wasn't signed. You know, I wanted to go for the indies. I wanted to be hipster. I wanted to be cool. I'm a fucking idiot. Uh, and so I'm sitting here with Simon Yates and Hugh Carthy. So my overall guys are just... Sucking donkey balls right now. My sprinter, did I have Caleb Ewan? No. Did I have Peter Sagan? No. I had Viviani. So I've I've got two points from Viviani, which might actually help me in the long run. It might come around. My outsider was Jalameda. Nowhere. My random rider, Bakamalama. Nowhere. He's been in there. <laughs> He's been in there, but he hasn't. I can't be hard on these guys. They're working hard. They're, they're doing what they can, but they're just not coming through for me. Paul Main, how many points do you have and, and Ten. why? Ten? Yeah, because I, I had Caleb Ewing, which I'm not going to get any more points from. Fuck! Because he pulled out of the – he has a bum yeah. knee. So. Okay. Yeah. i got to get back to my microphone. You don't, you don't believe it? I think it's true. Um, bum knee. Yeah, he has a bad knee. You really think yeah. so? Well, it's, it, uh, there's a podcast, cycling podcast. They have a guy that's uh, – they talked to a guy that was is one of the teammates from Lotus Sedal, and he said, "Yeah, he, he banged his knee like at the hotel or something like that, and so really? it was bothering him." And really, yeah. Okay. So he, he didn't plan oh, on finishing, nice. but it was sooner than he thought because I think everybody thought he would make it till today, because then it, it really changes. His performance in that second stage win, which was stage seven, mm-hmm. he. 
he looked like he could conquer the gods. Yeah. He was he went way early, closed the gap, and just And slide uphill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was absolutely yeah. impressive yeah. what he did that day. Um He got it right. He did. Jackson uh, so yeah. Paul has ten. How many points you got, buddy? I think I have fourteen. Of course you do. Because <laughs> I got for now the win. I got <laughs> I got Vlasov for second, and I also got Sagan in third and first. Oh, my wife so I think I think I have fourteen. I could recheck that, but that's what I'll say for now. Fourteen points. Paul has ten. How many do you have, Pat? I got two. I have to text my wife. Can you come? I don't mind. Get except the his tail's dog. banging against. Oh, there she is. <laughs> there she is. I don't have you on camera, hun. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that came through on Mike, though. <laughs> In that case, I do care if he. Our leaves. dog, our dog, <laughs> has a very love, strong love affair with with Paul's legs. Um, okay. I'm really pissed I dumped Bernal. Um, I, we talked about the abandonment of Caleb Bjorn. Um Is Bernal unbeatable at this point, gentlemen? Too early. Man. It's way too early. That climb, that gravel climb. When he popped in the big ring? No, he was Holy talking my talk. Holy shit. Yeah. That was an absolutely amazing performance. Mm-hmm. He just he, he just gritted his teeth and absolutely crushed it. Um, Jackson, thoughts on on Bernal? Is this? I mean, we have seen Grand Tours where it's been over after the first week, mm-hmm. where you can just look, you can go, yep, that's it, that was fun. Got to miss classics. Jay, I think um, the only two right now that can really do it are either Vlasov or Remco. And I think one thing that I heard that was really interesting uh, from the commentators was that. If Remco leaves it to a time trial with a mm-hmm. couple seconds to spare, oh, that's exactly it. what he would want. And so I think that in that case, if he leaves it to where he doesn't have too big of a gap, he doesn't have a minute gap, or he doesn't have that big of time, like if he doesn't have that much time to, to make up, I think he is the main is our main contender. I think Vlasov could maybe take him in a in a climb, but Bernal's just looking really good. So I I, I think. Watch the uh, watch the space for for that time trial because I think Remco could do some damage. My question about Remco is because he's so untested. Is this it is is three weeks something that he's got in the tank for somebody who really hasn't done this type of a, of an effort? No one knows. No one knows. That's what. That's yeah. the question. But if he does, he's he's prime sitting like like uh, Jackson saying that guy can time trial. He can blow the doors off of Bernal. Bernal needs as many as much time now, if if they keep this the same kind of scenario. But I mean, it, everybody f- from the top ten on are within a minute. Uh, yeah. And yeah. you know, look at Sean Yates. Uh, Sean Yates. Wow. Simon Yates. Um, in 2018, he the first two weeks he was unstoppable. Yeah. Everybody's like, it's sewn up. Yeah. And then. Froome just attacked on that one day, and it was the day he had a bad day. And Gandhi, the guy was gone. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, you, you never know. Um, Bernal could – his back could go, give out. Um, 
tomorrow's I mean not tomorrow Wednesday's ride and that's that's a problem there's a lot of gravel so somebody yeah. could have a mechanical yeah. and it could change the whole thing the whole dynamics of the layout so um Vlasov which didn't you pick him uh Jackson I sure did yeah, yeah. Now, that's a that's an unknown he I mean he's shown you know a lot of talent um but yeah he's he certainly – I would be – if I was in the uh, Enios camp, that would yeah. be the one I'd really be concerned about. How about with with Peter Sagan? I want to talk about that before we get to the other the concepts concepts of what's going on. Is is he becoming more of an opportunistic sprinter? Is, is his true top end, high afterburner type of a sprint a thing of the past? I just, I'm going to ask that to Jackson because I know he's your boy. Yeah, I think um, I think he finds creative ways to win, which I really appreciate. He can find a stage because I don't I don't think he's never going to out sprint the likes of uh, like Caleb Ewan. Yeah, he's that that's just something that I think he even knows, and I think everybody knows. But um, what I really do appreciate is that, like for instance, on days like today, when they when when Bora can identify a stage and they go, okay, there's some steep pitches in here let's get rid of the rest of the sprinters i mean they did it in the tour last year with sam bennett um yeah and i i think he just he now knows that he might not have that top end sprint that the other younger guys might have but he still can find ways to be consistent i mean he's been up there for most of the sprint days which i think is very good especially for his chiclanino hopes yeah um is anybody not surprised by remco evanipole being where he is, I mean, which I mean, I mean, I I assume ninety nine percent of the populace is going. Holy shit! I expected him to do well, but not this well. I I, I expected him to do like where he's at. The question is really? beyond because before his crash, every one week stage race he he entered, he won. Yeah. So you're looking at seven eight days. Now the question is beyond that, and I know that they were, you know. Today, the technology of, and and you know checking his numbers, I'm sure they they're saying they put him on a training schedule to see what his numbers were after a hard, sure. hard you know so. But it, there's too many factors: getting sick, um, eating the wrong thing, um, missing a feed. Uh, that's that's what makes a Grand Tour, uh, you know, so unpredictable. Um, so yeah, and everybody has a bad day. Yeah. And did he have it? Maybe his bad day was the stage at Bernal one. Yeah. I mean, he, he lagged way back. He made a heck of an effort to get fourth place even. I mean, he was... Something happened in that tunnel I've been hearing online. Oh, really? Too. Yeah. I yeah, haven't heard that. I don't know what... What'd you hear? Jackson's nodding. I heard that um, apparently one of the Ineos riders swung over on him, and uh, he was... And they clipped his front wheel, and so he dropped a few places, and then he had to try and make that up once the gravel hit. On Remco, yeah, I bet it was Gianni Moscone. It probably wasn't that freaking prick, fucking asshole. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, okay, okay, that, that this is helping me out, and and where I'm about to take this uh, with the Giro is I'm going to take this kind of into an ongoing theme that is going to ride throughout the rest of this podcast, and uh, and this was this was Paul's brainchild, so we're we're gonna we're gonna run with this. I want to talk. I want to ask you guys about the inclusion of gravel in these races. 
about stages, sections, um, all, all those types of things in, where they are including these multiple surfaces. First of all, I want to talk about, I want to ask your opinions on it. Is it justified? Is it cruel? Is it cool? Um, do these alternative, and I put alternative because it's such an overused terms into quotations, All the are these alternative surfaces, do they have a place in stage racing? Um, and and yeah, I guess that's my that's my initial question. So see what you guys think about that. I don't know who wants to go first. Yeah, I, I'll go first. Yeah, um, I uh, I think they definitely. I think depending on the amount or the the severity of it, um, I think it definitely can belong. Um, like we see with obviously the recent stage of the Giro and races like Strada Bianca. Um, I think that what we're seeing it um it showcases the best rider not only the best road cyclist but the best bike rider in the entire uh grand tour which i think is something that i appreciate personally we see that um for instance bernal had had the capability and the the wherewithal to when he was when he was given that full gas sprint he leaned back so he didn't lose all that power when he would put it down um in the gravel so i think we we're seeing not only like this, these, just these great road riders, which all of them are, but I think we're also seeing like really amazing bike handlers, just all around cyclists in general, which I think from my perspective is very appreciated. Paul. Yeah, I, I think it does. I know that um, like there was several years ago, uh, 2013, was that it? 14, when Nibili won, Froome crashed out. Yeah. And, because it, of a surface day. No, it was a surface day, but it crashed on pavement, and that's what put him out. So, okay. you know, everybody okay. wants to put those together. Really? But if yeah, you yeah. remember, he crashed like in a roundabout or something and broke his wrist. But and Nibali, I think, got third on the day, or, or he was fantastic over the cobbles. Now, to me, a Grand Tour, you want to – you're trying to find the, the greatest bicyclist, you know, especially Tour de France. So yeah. that – you know, if you have all mountains like the Vuelta has, like everybody knows, that's a climber's. No sprinter. A sprinter goes there for a couple of them, and then they hang on. Yeah. You know, uh, the Giro has its own variety. Uh, time trials. The exclusion of time trials in the Tour because it seemed too heavy to have. You know, like the small little now Quintanas, they could have a three-minute lead, or even in, for an example, um, uh, Andy Schleck. When yeah. he lost in, in 2011, when he lost to uh, Cadell Evans, he he did a stellar ride up to the Glibier and had this huge time gap, but he lost it all on the last uh, time trial. And that's Stephen Roach beat, uh, you know, uh, well, you got Delgado in 1987. Too. Yeah. Well, he was loaded to the gills. That well, helps. Yeah, yeah, that, helps. <laughs> that does help. But um, yeah. I'm sure they all were, but... <laughs> Nevertheless, you know, to me, it's like a balance. <laughs> if you can time trial, the best cyclist to me, that's what I liked about it. You, you, your strengths might be in the mountains, so you better grab. That's part of the strategy. You need to grab as much yeah. money like Bernal is doing right now before you lay in the time instead of like, oh, it's a time trial. I don't have to, you know, I'll put in a, an effort just sure. not to lose my time. So uh, when it comes to gravel, the only thing is, is uh, you know, I don't want it to see get to the point where they have to use completely different bikes. I mean, a different t tire width and sure. stuff. 
And same with the Roubaix sections in there. Yeah. They're basically using the same bike. But once you start going, like, well, you got to cross the river, and then you got to hike your bike. You know, you know I don't want to see that. <laughs> but you know what? My next question was going to be, and I wrote it thinking you guys were going to think I was absolutely absurd. What's to stop races from putting a mountain bike loop into the race or a gravel bike loop into a race? Things like that where, where all of a sudden the bike, it becomes, I mean, mind you, a time trial is a different bike. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Good you know, point. But, but maybe the surface is going to suddenly change the bike you're using. And are these guys going to suddenly start switching bikes? Um, does the addition of different types of surface bo- border upon a potential, and I hate to use this term, mm-hmm. multi-sport classification? Are we pushing the border here of all these different surfaces actually changing the the, the sport? Well, I would itself? argue this, that... Before, uh, there was cobblestone stages in the tour back, way back. And there was gravel. They raced on freaking gravel hills all the time. You know, know, the Tomelay and all those were were gravel roads. Um, So, yeah, it's, they didn't, you know, have to hike or, you know, things have changed and evolved where you had to, you know, bring your own, do your own repairs and stuff. And then they had support. We don't want to you know, de-evolutionize back to that. That's a different creature. Uh, I, I, you know, I like the advancement, but I don't think we need to start excluding where you have to have fre- freshly paved pavement and, you know, all the conditions have to be right. Yeah. And, you know, truncate a stage because it's raining up here and down here it's, it's better, you know, that type of thing. I don't, I, I don't think you should do that. So, Jackson, you got an input on this one? Yeah, I think it. Um, I think if we have to add other bikes to this scenario, I think we're creating a different sport entirely. I think there is a reason why the likes of uh, Nino Scherter doesn't race on the road. I think because he he specializes in his specific discipline. And I think if you add like a mountain bike loop to a road race, then you kind of have to qualify it as another sport in general. Um, and I think that we are seeing more and more that these uh, that a lot of these road bikes handle these adverse conditions. I mean, like Paul was saying with bigger tire clearances now with disc brakes, I know, but with, uh, with, <laughs> with the addition of disc brakes, you can have bigger tires. For instance, I bet you most of the riders on that stage were running 28s just for that added grip and comfort on the day. But it's, it's, we're, we're seeing a new evolution of the, of the road bike that can handle these types of scenarios. And I think if you add something else to it, then you almost kind of take away that that evolution of what the road bike is becoming, um, and kind of just pigeonhole it pigeonhole it into that one area, rather than what we're seeing as like something that can handle a gravel climb like the ones that we did the other day. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, 
fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. It's, it's funny that you mentioned the switching of bikes because uh, speaking of alternative sources, some of my news stories, Tom Pidcock uh, just dominated the second round of the World Cup and in um, Nova Mesto, Czech Republic. Um, he won, Matthew Vanderpool second. Um, and, and, and Jackson, you mentioned uh, Schurter. And, and uh, all of a sudden you're saying, wait, he doesn't do road. But then these roadies show up and absolutely crush a, a, a mountain bike World Cup. Um, it would appear that mountain bike scene is now suffering from the same symptoms as road cycling. Is there anything these guys can't do? Are we entering the f- new wave of the future where maybe all bikes are all cyclists can be the same? You can potentially dominate on multiple surfaces, or are are these guys just absolute mutants and we're we're into a we're into a you know a special lightning in a bottle type of a moment? I think I think it's a good thing if you want to cross over. That's fine. John Tomac did it. He raced. Yeah. I mean, he was not a, at this level. No, he, well, he was mountain bike, uh, and then he raced yeah. in pro over but in Europe. But he wasn't. He wasn't successful. He wasn't winning yeah. these major races. Yeah, but, I mean, I no disrespect to John Tomac. Guy's yeah. a fucking stud. But but you know, still, he he crossed that line. If you want to cross that line, that's fine. But when you talk about, you know, a race, you know, where you change bikes, that's that's a different thing. Um, I I will point out that Tim um, Tom Tom Pitcock Pitcock. Yeah. Uh, raced on a, yeah. uh, raced a BMC four stroke blacked out. It's a BMC. Really? Yeah. Wow. That was his bike of choice. <laughs> Jackson's pointing over his shoulder. Uh, Mojo podcast, Cycles podcast sponsored yeah. by Giant. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Mojo Cycler. Yeah. yeah. Are they are the guys who took care of us? I said yeah. that in the last podcast, yeah. didn't I? Yeah. Very yeah. great for them. Um, okay, I'm I'm just keeping throwing stuff out here, and I know that there are going to be some people who are going to call because I don't answer the questions. I just ask the questions. It makes me sound like I don't know what I'm talking about, and I'm okay with that because I'm putting you guys on the spot because the listeners are going to give you guys shit. Because well, I, I'd like to touch, and I'm sure Jackson does too. Let's yeah. not close that door because I kind oh, of I haven't the, closed it. Yeah, okay. I'm still expanding. But I, I think it's great to see that opens the door for people like me who – I don't watch much or pay attention to to cross country mountain biking. I am now, yeah. really. So, th- th- yeah, because of those two guys, you know. That's why I'm asking: is this a good, good thing? thing. This is, is a good thing. thing. Yeah, and and then yeah. it might those mountain bike guys might start watching cross. They might start getting, you know, you you're going to get that cross talent. Yeah, you know, and and Bernal started off mountain biking. Yeah, he was not a road rider, so, you know, yeah, Caleb. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Jesus, who's the Australian who won the tour? Why am I drawing a blank? Uh, oh, Cadell uh, Evans. Cadell yeah. Evans, yeah, he was a yeah, mountain, mountain biker. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Jay. No, you're good. Um, I think we are creating, like we were just saying, a world where uh, it's no longer the best one discipline cyclist. We are creating the best cyclist in general. And I think with the likes of Wout and um, Matthew Vanderpool and Tom Pidcock, we're seeing all around best the best cyclists win these races and i think that creates a generation 
that is unlike any other that we've ever really seen before. And I think whether it be a lightning in a bottle thing or whether it be something to stick around, I think it's something that's really cool. I mean, I know Alpha and Phoenix um, in the Giro has brought some writers that do cross-discipline uh that that are of that cross discipline ilk, so I think it's uh, I think it's really cool that we're starting to see that. And then on top of that, speaking of alternative surfaces, I, I'm apparently one of the only people who barely knew of of Trobro Leon, yeah. this race that happened this last weekend, which looks like more of a. I saw some stretches that looked like more of a fucking mountain bike race than a road the farm race. tracks. Yeah, oh, we have them around here. We'll have to go I on a know. ride, and I will show well, you. Well, we some. ride on them all the time. No, that... I'm talking no like okay. that. But that's not a road race, is it? Well, that's been going on since '84. It was an amateur race when it started in 1984, and then became a pro race in like 2000, and then I think what was it 2005 or something. I think recently it just became a 1.1 on the pro level. So. Um, yeah, I, I think that could be, you know, it, it's in uh, Brittany part of France, north, northwestern, and they they deemed it the, you know, western hell of the west or okay. you know, the well, west, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, hell of the north. It's the hell of the west. And so, you know, that was it's, a that was, that was a three day stage race in Colorado. Yeah. yeah. And um, the uh, brothers, what are the name, <laughs> last name of the brothers? God damn it. The Davey and Marcus Summers, Summers brothers. Yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Jackson still hasn't seen that movie. Have you? God damn it. Jackson. American yeah. Flyers. You consider yourself a cyclist. You've never seen American Flyers. But yeah, it, Kevin Costner brought the mustache into style back like thirty years ago, and and you tried it for cyclists. That's so successful. Yeah, I need to bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Anyway, yeah, it's 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 been around. It's interesting, and you know that was kind of the area of France where had I gone over in '88, uh, I would have been. So there. my I guess my my main thing is here is is two questions. Number one, um, do do these surfaces really have a place in stage racing? And I think you guys have already answered that. Because stage racing is such a specific beast within itself. I don't know about you guys, by the way. I've been having a tough time switching from classics to stage racing as a as a fan, watching the differences between the two. Um, I don't know if I like it, and I'm I'm working my way into it. But stage racing is so set upon day in day out, this and that. You know the the focus, the terrain. Does the surface of the road really need to be another added element? Because there's always the people, the naysayers, who think that that Pave shouldn't be in the Tour de France, mm-hmm. um, and and so that's my first question is that, and my second question is dealing with is this the future of bike racing? We're talking about uh, multi-surface events where especially in this country where we're dealing with permit problems, we're dealing with traffic issues, we're dealing with, um, you know, the only thing you can get is is a spirited ride because that's just out in traffic or you're on a enclosed loop that you can, you know, that's a construction zone that people mm-hmm. are building houses because that's all we can get anymore. Um, these these mixed surfaces tend to be on the middle of nowhere. So I, I know I'm jumping around, but my two questions are, number one, Mixed surfaces in stage racing, yay or nay, and why or why not? And my number two is, is, is this where we're headed? Are, are we going to see a lot more of mixed surfaces in, in bike racing, especially in this country? Jackson. Uh, yeah, I think 
to answer the first question, absolutely, yeah. yay. Um, I think that these type of mixed surfaces definitely do belong in a stage race because I think it, a stage race is the ultimate test of a cyclist's limit. And I want to see, like I said before, that ultimate cyclist rather than just the ultimate road rider you know i think wow. that i think that makes for a much more exciting race and a much more well-rounded bike rider all together um is this the future i also think yes like i said before um uh road bikes with the addition of disc brakes are moving in that direction where they can fit these these things that can that, that can help with the uh to cope with this mixed terrain surfaces I mean, for instance, the bike behind me, um, my BMC is, it can fit 28s, but my girlfriend's bike max, which is probably, I don't know, dad, what would you say? 10 years old, 12 years old, something oh, like that. God, at least that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd pr I, uh, yeah. Probably 15. Yeah. Yeah. 15 can fit max, absolutely maximum 25. So it, it shows how the evolution is going. And I think that we are going to see in the future that bikes like this can now handle these types of situations and i think this this type of racing is here to stay i i'm the only thing i'm going to say contrary to what you just stated jackson is the fact that there are people who are going to say that stage racing should not be a matter of equipment and luck because sometimes with you know it, it, does tire size decide a tour de france champion and does uh, a, a miss you know, yes, I'm sure luck plays into it, but but should it be the deciding factor of a tour champion? So yeah, that, who's to say that? You know, here's my argument for for that particular question. Sure. Who's to say that that's going to decide uh, whether the person is a champion or not? Because uh, it could happen to somebody that's not in that. It's just part of yeah. bike racing. He could on a good surface. A broken bottle could cut it out, you know, cut his tire or, you know, grease out. I, it, that's a part of cycling, you know. When it, To answer the first question, I, I think it's it's always been a part, but not a major part to have multi-surfaces. Good thing. It doesn't need to increase a stage or two. Uh, one stage for cobbles or, or like okay. Wednesday stage for me, that's good. It's like a time trial. It's like anything else. You don't want to just keep growing and growing. Now, they did have a, a dirt climb, um, you know, to, or yesterday. Yeah. And so, you, you know, those things, yeah, that's fine. That's pushing the envelope for me a little bit. Um, when it comes to equipment, uh, you know, I, I don't want to see the have to – change a bike completely you know that the bike that you start on and you and you look at like you guys were talking about the uh, belgian waffle ride that you guys are going to do yeah trying to choose what bike because 90 percent of it is road yeah and but there's some pretty you got to cross a river and everything else so there's a little bit of a balance but you're going to choose the one that's going to if 90 percent of that is road just like perry roubaix 250 kilometers 50 kilometers of that is is grueling nasty cobble that they're they're not going to go with a 30 38 or a 40 gravel bike because it's faster on those paves yeah. which has been proven but you're going to suck when you know the, the other 200 kilometers so yeah i think anyway if i answer yeah. that question is i'm just sitting here thinking is is a bike race defined by the bike you straddle at the start well, I think what's really interesting about that question is that um, 
for instance, Inio, um, they're so big on those marginal gains. That, for instance, they, I've seen multiple videos. Uh, Giacomo Nizzolo, for instance, he he waxes his chain with ceramic with like these ceramic speed waxes. Yeah, and it's all about these very little gains that can win you uh, that can win you the race or that can reduce the amount of watts that you have to put out for the better benefit of it all. As much as we like it or not, cycling has very much become a technical sport of what bike you choose. And for instance, I don't know what bike Bernal had on the day or what equipment he had on the day, but I think, like you said earlier, I definitely think that uh, luck is definitely a big player in a grand tour. But I also think that sometimes your equipment's going to, if you have the right equipment and you have the, the equipment is properly set up for the day, I think that that can definitely change that luck in a different way it's it's interesting especially with with paul with with talking to you about this kind of stuff when you know because i know that you have a tendency to you know you're you're pure you're you're dyed in the wool road (laughs) um but uh yet the spirited ride you put together was probably a third mixed surface it was gravel and and it's just yeah i I think you could still have fun and go fast on on gravel uh, the gravel that i chose you know what i mean yeah. Um, and and uh, gravel uh, brain trust, you know, group site that that yeah. I follow on. Sure. Justin's With in there. a bunch of our buddies. Somebody had it. a yeah, picture they're... of a ribbon of gravel road, and and they're like, oh, that's you know, look at that. Everybody made a comment. He's like, I would do that because I could do that on my road bike. Sure. But I'm not going to put a 43, 45 on there. I I don't want to do that type of stuff. If I can do it on a 25, and I have, I can get a 28 on my rim brake PMC as it is now. Yeah. I don't there's no need for me to try and go on harder surface. And and I just want to touch on, you know, Enios is is a, a a team that's so rich that they get to pick and choose with the equipment that they You're have. Going back to brakes again, aren't you? How'd you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, here here again, they have, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know they 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 chose they could have disc brakes and they're they're only dyed in wool that are running rim brakes yeah. and that and I think I mentioned on the ride on Saturday it's like uh, yeah the, on that rainy descent when they split things open uh yeah. like three three stages or two stages ago it was all Ineos at the front diving in those corners and stuff so um you know I think it, again you know other other disciplines they're fine with. I think they're great with disc brakes, but this is not one that's needed. But I do want to quickly mention before I switch topics here, or 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 thoughts thoughts here, that this podcast is sponsored by Giant Bicycles, even though these guys keep mentioning another brand. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Hey, you know what? Bicycles are bicycles, man. Mm-hmm. You get you got to get on one that you love and ride the one that you love. I love my Giant. You guys love your BMCs. Who mm-hmm. you know? I, if 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 somebody's got a problem with that, then you're doing it wrong. Yeah. You know, so I sold giants for a long time. They're yeah. a great, great bike. Wonderful. So there we go. I don't think we're ever going to get to a solution of this mixed surface concept because mm. I think it's here to stay, as Jackson said. So what's your opinion, Mr. I asked the questions. Um, this is the kind of stuff that I, I started the podcast with talking to you guys about. I'm always looking for different ways to race a bike. Mm-hmm. I think we have to. I think the days of time, uh, time trial crit road race are over, um, and and I think I think especially in terms if we want to build numbers for this sport, we are going to see 
gigantic um, population increases in events that multitudes of people can race. They can race against each other or they can race against themselves or they can race against the course. I think we need a, a shit ton more of that or we're going to or the sport's going to just go away. Um, we can't we can this sport cannot base itself off of middle-aged white men. It, it it's a failing demographic. And um, I think the only way we can do it is to mix things up and to think outside the box and come up with different ideas. And I'm saying I will always do a, a, a three-stage uh, stage race. If somebody has a Tour de Bloom drink, if somebody has that race <laughs> and, and they're setting it up and that's, that format isn't going to die, but it isn't going to be the predominant form. Um, if there's somebody's going to come up with a mixed stage uh, race where it starts off on a gravel trail and it and it runs into road and then it ends up on something else completely different, I I think that's going to do nothing but build the sport. When I go out to a Wednesday night mountain bike race and they've got record numbers shortly after a COVID pandemic, and they're running it in a time trial format, um, that's a hit. That's a success. And and there are people out there on bikes and they want to race bikes. And those are the people that might do a crit or might do a road race or might do all this kind of stuff. But um, so, sorry, so are I'm, you I'm saying venting. no, no, no. Uh, do you think then road road riding should should morph into this? You're saying should morph into having like like multi discipline yeah. like gravel and stuff. I don't I think I don't think it should morph, but I think it should accept that that is going to be an alternative method of, of racing your mm-hmm. bike. Um, that that these these events are going to happen and and accept it. Yeah, I think it, you should, and and just to be the devil's advocate, and and I kind of disagree with you because I like having disciplines. Sure, and I, and I don't I don't mind ha- creating a se- separate dip- uh, discipline, just like you know the what do they call the Stokers, where they there's a a, a swim or, or you yeah. know a ski downhill. Blah, sure, blah, blah. yeah, those are all fun. You yeah, know, and they're great. It, those things can go on, but you know, to me, cross country mountain bikers are different from downhillers. Absolutely, and and, and, yeah. and those who do multi sports are different. You know, I don't think that that uh, road cycling should just all of a sudden say, "Okay, here, here we go. We got some gravel, so we can get some gravel people in here." Yeah, and then make them do a crit because road people like me want to do a crit. And the gravel people are like, what's this insanity? Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. So, I mean, some people will embrace that and some won't. Um, but anyway, my no, opinion is. I, I agree with you, yeah. though. But I, I think that, you know, hell, if I was a runner, which I never will be. Uh, <laughs> if I was a runner, I would say I run marathons. I run road marathons. I'm not a big trail runner, but I'll run them for fun. Mm-hmm. Color runs are fucking stupid. Um, but they get a lot of people out there running, throwing colors at each other. Yay! <laughs> you know, all that bullshit. But um, but it's an event, and it gets a mm-hmm. lot of people. Spartan runners are people who like to run and do burpees and, and carry gigantic buckets Cowbells. of water. And that's cool. They're into that. Mm-hmm. So it is technically a form of running. Mm-hmm. Um, I, gu- I guess the my point I'm trying to bring across is that the, these are these are ways that we're going to get more people on bikes. And in, in order for the crits to happen, we need enough people to go, huh, I think I'll try it. I don't know. Yeah. So there we go. 
there's no way we came to a conclusion on no. this topic either. I mean, there's no way. But well, uh, the question is whether you think you know gravel and pave should be in in the Grand Tour. I personally, I don't. I I love it. I love watching it. I loved that that climb. What two days ago? Mm-hmm. I thought it was awesome. Um, I I am looking forward to Wednesday. I don't know if a if if a dangerous course should have an effect on the it's, overall of a of a grand tour. I don't think it's dangerous. It's just some people don't have that skill that yeah. that can climb, you know, like the uh, Zonkalan, yeah. you know, yeah. faster than the guy that can do on the gravel. Yeah. Then they lose their advantage. I, that's how I look at it. Yeah. Um, uh, T.J. Van Garden did not like having the Peru Bay section. He thought that was stupid. Yeah. To me, it's like, what are you talking about? It's it's flat. It's just like all all the other people, you know, prepared may, may, for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. They prepared for it. Everybody's yeah. in the same box, you know. So yeah. Anyway, it's Jay, one day. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jay, anything to close that that topic out before we have some lighthearted fun? Well, well, like I've been saying, I think I think it should stay, and I think it's here to stay because I think that we should create a time where. Um, where one cyclist is not just pigeonholed into one specific area. Yes, they can be really good at one thing, um, but I think that it's really entertaining and it makes bike racing more exciting to watch a rider like Brunel have mm-hmm. the proper technique and the, the capabilities to fly up a dirt climb and not lose any power because of it. And I think it just creates a world where we can see the likes of Tom Kidcock and Matthew Vanderpool win both races on or races on every single category. And it's, yeah. it's exciting and it's entertaining. It is. It's a, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I, I love it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I loved it. Watching Bernal climb that dirt climb is just, my jaw was on the floor. I was blown away. So anyway, moving on to a little fl- kind of fluff topic, 10 things out here brought to by our friends at Mojo Cyclery. Speaking of uh, the <laughs> constant bikes we have out there, Jamelli Coffee, the official pre of the pack filler. Check them out at jamellicoffee.com. And our friends, I think I have to admit I'm wearing a shirt tonight at, uh, at um, Athletic Brewing Company. Uh, great tasting brews, but please don't get all elitist and call them beer. Um, in my opinion, that's just my opinion. Check out all their offerings. Uh, via the link at packfiller.com. So um, I, I have this little fun thing to take us out, and I know it's probably going to be a little repetitive, but I always still find it kind of fun. And it's going to be a rapid fire because we're at an hour and 12 minutes into a podcast. So we're going to go the best and the worst, gentlemen. The best and the worst. After all our time that we've had over the last uh, couple couple weeks in Jackson's new bike, I thought it'd be fun to reminisce a little bit and talk about the best and the worst days and stuff you have had in your cycling careers. These are sometimes rapid-fire questions I throw at kind of the snooty, not snooty, the, the big-name guests, the good gets, and now I'm just going to throw it down to the dregs and you guys in the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> so this is going to be quick. We'll go, uh, should, should we go Paul Jackson, Pat, okay. in that order? Worst bike you've ever owned, Paul Main. My Clonago Master Light. Oh God, that breaks my Master heart. Light. Breaks my heart. Yeah, it was all the steel version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was terrible. Jackson, worst bike you've ever owned. Man, all of them have been great because they've been all <laughs> steps up. But I think probably the you know that that trek that Gary Fisher trek that weighed like four hundred pounds. Yeah, it was that mountain bike. Yeah, the first 29er of the Penguins. That was a heavy one. That was a Trek Marlin. That was a big heavy one. Yeah. Um, my 
my are we seeing worse okay worst bike i have ever owned and i have to say my father kept buying me vetuses back in the day and um they were they were cool looking they were stained top tubes you know glued together it sounds bad because it probably was and my, they da- were. <laughs> my dad bought them because sean kelly wrote them and mm-hmm. they were noodles yep. they were noodles uh paul main worst shoes you have ever owned I was very disappointed in my physique because I like their saddle, but I had yeah. a physique pair of shoes, and they Didn't were the it. same size. Yeah, I want my right shoe was just – I should have returned them. Really? It, I, I just suffered through. I figured, you know, well, it'll it'll fit my feet. It never no. did. Yeah. No. It was terrible. Jackson wore shoes. Um, I'll probably say – and this is a controversial one because they were so cool-looking <laughs> – those look shoes that i had oh the retro looks that were like hand-me-downs from your grandfather they were so <laughs> oh really cool, but the lauren bruchard oh, yeah, yeah. look shoes yeah they hurt my feet so bad that i was like these are so cool i have to wear them <laughs> they never were great mine were um and this is complete irony a pair of patrick cycling shoes i had they oh. were they were as soft as a pair of slippers they mm-hmm. were just you could i could take the heel and bend it up and wow. back they were so bad but i wanted them because bernard you know had them mm-hmm. uh worst helmet you've ever owned paul Main. i had a veta the hard shell <laughs> <laughs> that was my no wait before that remember monarch no oh. monarch that oh. it was um uh, alan he was a, a small Irish guy with the Killian's Red Team. Oh, one. I I'm McCormick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He had one, so I bought one. And it, it, was, terrible. it was terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Jackson hey. where's helmet. I had a he's, he's bell still one that I won at a mountain bike race. Yeah. And I look back on it now after having this like I really like the look of Pox. Dad, I've talked to you about this and I've talked about this with my girlfriend, but like looking back at that bell, it God it was awful. <laughs> it was ugly. <laughs> it was pretty ugly. Mine was my first Bell, and I don't mean to bash on Bell for this show, but V1? it was it was no, it was before the V1 Pro, mm-hmm. and every I had back, this was back when hairnets were legal. Oh yeah, 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 and people were doing that or no helmets, that and cream colored thing. It that... was it was white and it had red stripes <laughs> yes. going down the center of it, and it was huge. And I remember it's like uh, a salad bowl. Yeah, that people would ask me, Pat, what's the salad of the day? And I'm like, fuck you, my dad makes me wear this. Um, worst luck in a race you've ever dealt with paul main um luck worst luck just we're just worst fucking day on a no well a i mentioned it before is a crash at manitou crit where yeah. I, I was feeling good and i was le- trying to bridge a gap for a roger drink no nope. um, we're out yeah yeah, yeah. um <laughs> jacks is out too <laughs> <laughs> uh and yeah, things just went haywire. I did major damage to my bike and my body. Yeah, that was bad. Okay, that was worst day in a race. So I'll yeah. I'll, I'll take out luck, Jackson. Worst day on, in a race. I, you know, I had two pretty rough days. Where first <laughs> I did the time. This is the junior stage race. I did a time trial. I flat, <laughs> so that sucked. And I rode back on a flatbed truck um, for the <laughs> beginning with another one of the people who got a flat. And then the next day, I crashed super hard in the crit and like i i guy was pushing me to the outside and i was just like i have nowhere else to go but the curb and i went over the bars straight into the big river rock it so. was gravel yeah it was that big, was probably thick the front. worst luck i've ever had in my life 
My worst day in a race was um, I, I drove all the way over to the other side of the state to to a crit, and I was staying at my mom's place. She was living over there, and they weren't there, so I'm sitting in an empty house, and I was bored, so I turned on the TV. It's about you know morning, and the race wasn't until the afternoon until you're doing Cat 1-2s. And uh, I was just flipping through the channels. And I was like, oh, I've always heard about this movie, so I'll watch this movie. I watched Pink Floyd's The Wall on on, <laughs> on TV. And I got to the crit, and I was so fucking depressed. Like, I quit after three laps. I was just like, dude, that was so bu- was such a bummer movie. Mess with your psyche. It did. It totally yeah. messed me up. Worst trend you have ever fallen victim to, Paul Maine. Huh. Let me think of that. Jackson, you got something in the meantime? I have not fallen into many trends, uh, but I have a. I'm interested to see what my future self thinks of my arrow trend. Okay. Yeah. I think it's here to stay, but I, I'm interested to see what I do in like 10, 15 years, for instance. All right. All I can think of is I had a saddlebag once. That was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was on that ride today. That ride this last weekend. I yeah. have a I have a bee sting on the inside of oh, my yeah, elbow. Yeah, I see that. And I was thinking to myself, I need to f- probably get a way to carry an EpiPen when I'm riding, <laughs> and I might have to get a little <laughs> tiny. I might have to get a little saddlebag to put behind my seat, and you'll probably make fun of me because I'm going to do it. Yes, I will. Best trend I've worst trend I fell victim to is definitely the zinc. Uh, oxide on your nose huh. back in the 80s. I was no, breathe right. I Did you cool. do a breathe right? No, I didn't no. do breathe right. Yeah. I didn't do breathe right. Um, worst event you have ever attended? Wow. Hmm. <laughs> I think I've got a good one for this one. I think when we went to Loop Loop. Oh, God. We did that mountain bike race, and I and I got lost. And the only way I made my way back was that I found another rider that was lost. We <laughs> we just had to kind of put our brains together and find our way back. And uh, that was probably the worst event I've ever gone. Rode by Braille. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd have to say there was in the height of all this, you know, when racing was really big. Moses Lake, which is out in the middle of nowhere, did a crit. Yeah, and. Driving there all jacked up, and there, and this is when fields used to be big, and there's no, no big fields. I mean, the, it, we had like 15, which now is like, wow, we got a big field. Yeah. But back then, it's like, what the hell? And no one was there, and they just the wind blows through there, and there's like sand, sand blowing in the air. <laughs> it's like, what are we doing this for? It, it just seems stupid. It was just dumb. Worst race I've ever attended, uh, worst event I've ever attended was a stage of uh, Milwaukee Super Week. Uh, back in the day, like three weeks of every race was an omnium. Omnium, you could do three weeks of racing, and if you blew up one day, still you'd have the next day. It was a, it was freaking awesome going mm-hmm. there and racing. But I remember one day in particular, we were I think it was like some area of of Milwaukee itself, and uh, two things happened. Number one, the race was so delayed that the announcer was reading the Sunday comics to us on the on, <laughs> because we couldn't leave. We all had to stay there. That was number one. Number two was um, they said before we started, they said, hey, guys, you're going to be crossing two bridges as you go through this crit. Um, yeah, and the, and the bridge was, was like a grate. And they said, it's like a cheese grater. So make sure if you crash to f- put your hands in a fist so your fingers don't get caught in the bridge and, and rip your finger. fingers off. 
Yeah, yeah, that, that was their advice at the beginning of the fucking mm. race. Uh, worst song you've ever had stuck in your head during a race or a ride? Yours might have been this last Sunday. This last <laughs> no, that, no, it wasn't, but I had one stuck yeah. in there. <laughs> Ranking. <laughs> no, it was, uh, and I hate sticks. And, and it was <laughs> Come Sail Away. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, I hate that song. And that was that my first crit ever with your sister was there and signed me up by... I told that story, but yeah, it, I couldn't get it out of my head. I hate okay. it. Okay, yeah. all right, Jackson. Um, I I've probably call me maybe has been a pretty annoying one. Um, <laughs> oh no, you, oh, that would be a bad. It's one. like one of those songs are like when I, the worst is when you get like only a specific amount of words yep. in your head that you like can't yeah. repeat the whole thing. The chorus, like, you know, the I want chorus, the whole song, but it's only the chorus in my head, and it's an annoying chorus after all. Yeah. I had a Pet Shop Boys song stuck in my head. I remember once, and I think it was "I Got the Brains, You Got the Looks." Let's go, I got money. I got the brains, you got the looks. I didn't know the song, and it was terrible. All right, switching quickly to the best best bike you have ever owned, Paul Main. And this is uh, uh, it's a tie between my Fuso and what I have now. Really? Okay. My, my BMC yeah. Jackson Bulger, best bike you've ever owned. My BMC Time Machine Road Zero One, which is currently behind me, and a ding in the seat, dude. Ding in the down tube. It's um, like a goiter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to honestly, I'm going to genuinely say that I truly do love my giant. I do. And that is, that is yes, that is a sponsor plug. But mm-hmm. um, honestly, my best bike I've ever owned is is my Harry Gary custom made um, steel bike in the other room. That is just, I, it mm-hmm. is a work of art. It is beautiful. And just the, the, the ride of steel, I will never, ever, ever give up. Um, best Best kit you have ever owned. Best best cycling ensemble. Mm-hmm. I had some real shit ones. Yeah, I've, that was I. That, I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm switching around because we're short of time. Well, but. I mean, at the time they were pretty cool, but you look back, it really dates. So I I'd have to say something that that holds th- true throughout. Uh, a Reve, which I like is is down it's that lime green one that's from this yeah one? that one yeah i thought that's that's a classic jersey it's that's, not that's a pearl azumi yeah 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 that, you wouldn't believe it but i had something to do with that design but Did anyway yeah. yeah super complex because my hero is yeah edwig van hoydon okay he raced well, so. i i always thought it was john paul van poppel and that yeah. too yeah yeah jackson best kit i'm not gonna say it because it because we have it now, but I'm just gonna say because it's the best fitting kit I've ever had in my life. Genuinely, the current Arriva kit that we have, it is a is, good kit. That's close. That was my close. Especially, especially that long sleeve jersey is so nice to have. I I I love the current Arriva kit we have. Mm-hmm. I love that, and and they're not a sponsor, but I'll just say we bought it from Panache. I like the kit. I just don't like that I had to buy. Um, Maria's turning on the oven. Um, I had to buy. <laughs> An XXL kit because my shoulders are big and mm-hmm. so I, the sleeves are like twice as long as my body. So my extra long, uh, my long sleeve jersey, it's all bunched up. It's really weird. Yeah, but I I like the kit. I um, the Castelli the Castelli shorts from our last kit. I really like too yeah. though. I did. I definitely did. Um, best innovation you have ever experienced in the sport. Been a part of the experience. The innovation. Paul. This is clipless pedals. Yeah, that's mine too. Yeah. That's mine too. Huge, huge. Yep. It sounds today sounds silly, but if you rode with clips, 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I remember that. Uh, yeah. You had to have the Alfredo Binda straps or, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. Jackson, best innovation you've experienced now that I he's been on carbon dis- fiber. I was about to say, I thought it'd be disc brakes, but ever since experiencing electronic shifting, I might say that it wow. is insane. The it, difference. It's pretty I never, cool. I didn't realize it would be that big of a difference. It's pretty cool. I'm I'm kind of jealous that way. And I'm thankful you didn't say disc brakes. Yeah, he, <laughs> I, he, I I don't think he was gonna. No. Your your personal favorite pre and post. Meaning, what's your coffee drink beforehand? What's your beer after, or your beverage afterwards? For me, I, I like a dopio. Dopio espresso. Yeah. Yeah. Explain that to a common person. That's just a double shot of espresso. Double shot. But I, it depends on where I go. If I'm yeah. meeting at a coffee shop that I don't, I don't know their coffee, then I'm not going to have that. I'm okay, gonna, I'll have a double latte. I'll have some milk to kind of get rid of it. Kill it afterwards. I just drink it. It's yeah. it's a Iinger. Yeah. Okay. The post. The uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, because it's it's light and it's refreshing and it, you know it's not heavy and it smells like bananas. Yeah, that's that's. I know yes, we said that at the yeah. beginning. Yeah. It's good. Jackson pre and post. Uh, pre, yep. I usually have a mocha because uh, we have a machine here that can make it. Uh, so I, I usually do that. I even did that on our Saturday ride. I had a little 12-ounce mocha. Um, and then afterwards, not only because it's a sponsor, but also because I enjoy it heavily, is genuinely the Scratch Labs um, recovery drink. That's something that I usually have. I have to. I've, I've been slacking on it for the past couple of days, so I gotta. I gotta get back on that. But I really like the chocolate, and especially what you do, the chocolate. Like you make a little mocha out of the coffee and chocolate. Coffee and chocolate. It's, pretty, and chocolate. it's yeah. really good. I have to say that if I'm not drinking a beer, that's what I have. I have, I have that at home. Yeah, I like it a lot. My pre is always a double short latte, eight ounce. I just I don't, I don't want I don't want a whole lot of milk getting in the way there. I can pretty much guarantee that's going to be fairly good wherever mm-hmm. I go. Um, or the pour over drip. Mm-hmm. That's so fucking good. Whenever they do that. Uh, my post, if I'm going out for a beer, I, I really like that Iinger with, with mm-hmm. you the other day. That was really delicious. But usually I actually, and this is a sponsor, pl- an, an unintentional sponsor plug. I have a fridge full of Athletic in there, and I always come home and I sit on the deck and I look at Strava and I drink one of those. Oh, excellent. Um, uh, best movie or comedy, uh, movie, either a comedy or drama to get you into the mindset of bike racing or away from the mindset. So what's your escape movie? That you that you go to, um, I know Paul, several of Paul's favorites, but to get away from either 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 to get you psyched up for a bike ride or to get away from the world to escape. So yeah, I'll I've let you pick one. Or I've the already other. mentioned that. Yeah. Well, so to get me Jack for a bike ride, since I mentioned my two favorite movies, like what is it, four or five podcasts ago. <laughs> so one that get me uh, really going is Full Metal Jacket. I'm oh just kidding. God. <laughs> <laughs> Ah! <laughs> Where's my scream? There it is. Ah! Yeah. No. Um, yeah, there isn't. Hey, I don't Joker. think there's a movie. I don't watch movie. I watch cycling stuff if you I, I want to yeah. get jacked up. Okay. Yeah. It's so. not not a cycling movie, obviously. Uh, you know, there's there's a there's some things. There's uh, the old uh, Beyond the Peloton that Garmin did back in two thousand eight, oh, wow. nine, and ten, and eleven. Those are always good to you know when they have the, it's just kind of slow melodic you know, just, okay. but but it's all about cycling so okay. those yeah. 
You you picked psych it psych up. Jackson, do you have one that you either use to come up or or just to escape? It doesn't. I just yeah. try to pick things that are the best. What's kind of funny is um, I'm very much like Paul in that sense that where I um, pretty much everything that I watch kind of involves cycling and bikes. Um, so I think one movie, and this is I honestly think what got me into cycling is the movie Premium Rush. Not the best movie in the world, <laughs> is it? But I think it is what it, it like got me so into that headspace of like this is so cool, like this is really something that I want to do. Um, other than that, I yeah, that I would suggest that movie uh, for someone who wants to watch something that's kind of mind-numbingly sure. exciting. <laughs> but I also have a lot of YouTube videos that I go to as well. Mine's the Fifth Element. I don't know why. Whenever that movie's on, I have to watch it. I always watch it. Hmm. My, my my wife looks at me and thinks I'm insane. Okay, I did have a whole other category of dreaming, uh, things you dreamt that, that would be perfect. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God, if everything was perfect. For example, one was a place you'd build a second home just for the sake of cycling there. Oh, Anybody want to answer quick, Paul? Oh, man, Gant. Gant, Jackson? Uh-huh. Place you'd build oh, a second home shoot. just for the sake of uh, riding. Bend, Oregon. Bend, wow. Yeah, okay. Um, I have no idea where I'd build it. I, I might uh, do it in Winthrop, Washington. Winthrop's got a little bit of everything. If you go to Belgium and you like road bikes. Well, yeah. Well, I haven't been to Belgium. <laughs> yeah. Um, band you'd like to perform at your funeral. I have. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Wow. Place a band you'd like to perform at your funeral. Huh. Boy, that's... that's <laughs> I'll let Jackson... Let me ponder that I'm one. I'm Foo Fighters, man. Foo Fighters I want playing at my funeral. I want to rock. Uh-huh. Yeah, Jackson? You got anything to go out with? Oh, man. It's either... <laughs> I might get shit for this, but uh, either Harry Styles or uh, the Black Keys. <laughs> That's an interesting mix. Okay. Yeah. Paul, quick. I think I think I'll, I'll go solemn. I'm, th- I'm thinking um, M83 and the particular song is outro. The outro. So the intro the is the outro. It's okay. the way out. Yeah. Last question. Uh, cyclist you'd like to meet and have a beer with. Living or dead? Oh, living or dead. Hmm. I I know. Who? Brick, uh, Brick Skoda. Wow. The true, the only true Flandrin. Okay. Yeah. God. Jay? I'm just going to sit up and show my shirt again. Peter. Uh, hey, <laughs> Peter. My hero. <laughs> you know what? I always thought when I was younger that I'd want to have a beer with Bernardino, but I think Bernardino is just He'd probably throw it in your face. He'd probably, yeah, he wouldn't <laughs> say anything. You. He'd just sit there and go, can I leave now? Yeah. You know, how long is this, this stupid American supposed to happen? Yeah. Um, so, uh, and I, I don't know if Eddie Merckx would be my kind of guy either. So I don't know. I really don't know. Sean Kelly, Sean I bet it'd be Kelly. fun. Sean probably drink. Mm-hmm. He'd probably drink a oh, couple Oh, yeah. Times. He's Irish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's true. It's in the blood. There we go. An hour and 31 minutes uh, into a podcast. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. All for the price of nothing. Um, so if, I would like to hear from you guys, the listeners, on either our super secret Facebook or the other Facebooks or the social medias or anything like that in terms of what you think about, first of all, the the Spirited Ride series. I know I've had several people asking me about the DIY races. Are we going to do the DIY races again after the pandemic is now coming to a hopeful close um and and if we're still going to do that and would people be still interested in doing some sort of a a weekly series or a ride or a challenge like that that's number one 
Uh, number two, I'd also like to hear your opinions on on this mixed road stuff, this mixed gra- this mixed surface stuff. I mean, I, I don't think that's a subject we're ever going to get over, and I don't think it's going anywhere. So speaking of not going anywhere, we are going to go somewhere. This is the end of the pack, po- pack filler podcast. I got my own podcast name mixed up there. That was pretty bad. <laughs> um, thanks to everybody. Thanks to you guys for listening. Thank you, Jackson, for speaking to us from Portland, Oregon. Thank you very much. Paul Main, thank you for speaking to us from a few feet away from me yeah. at, your, at your perch. With two shots. With two shots. Two yeah. shots. We are all the- No, Jackson wins your shot. Coming up. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. All right. We're going to expect a video clip of you on Wednesday to tell us how you're feeling. All right. (laughs) It'll hopefully come. (laughs) It won't be the weekly ride. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.